Aaron Rodgers plays here. Get the latest from the Packers quarterback every Tuesday at 1.30 and again at 5 on ESPNWisconsin.com. And the reigning Super Bowl, or not Super Bowl, I'm sorry, MVP of the league. I got Super Bowl on my mind. You're having an off week already. I am. Well, I wasn't, wasn't expecting the conversation to be going this direction, although I did pick against you. Did uh, you really? I did. I thought that they were going to get after you. You're I thought fired. you were going to. Yeah, I, I, I was worried about uh, your well-being. I didn't really realize how badly so things So sitting here with uh, one sack, yeah. when you look at the stats, would you have said it would have been a win or a loss? I would have thought you would have won. Yeah. Wouldn't you have? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's – I know this isn't life or death, but it obviously means a lot to you. Is there a grieving process after a loss like that? I mean, are we talking the uh, – what is it, the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief? I have no idea what that is. Denial, anger, bargaining. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> depression and Oh, you're acceptance. reading it online. You're reading it in your, on your computer. Right? I looked it up. Yeah. Yes. I think I knew four of those. I didn't know bargaining was sure one. Sure you do. I don't even know what that is. But uh, Where are you? Are you bargaining? You're depressed? What's you're the accepting? first one? Denial? No, not denial. <laughs> anger? I had some anger, yeah. <laughs> Bargaining. I don't know what that means. Depression. There was a little, yeah. <laughs> and now are you at acceptance or not quite there yet? No, not quite there yet, I don't think. So. Well, now I you... skipped two stages and I've gotten through two. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're batting 500. Um, I, well, let me just say, I, the most difficult part uh, is just being here. I mean, we're here at the stadium. Um, so you're just reliving the disappointment, I think, and it's it's an empty locker room. That's that's disappointing. There's just not the same life as a normal, you know, Tuesday would be uh, around the facility. Now Tuesdays are off day, but there's still a lot of guys in excitement. Um, yeah, that, that's just disappointing. I said after the game, and I say it every year at the end of the season. The, the toughest part for me, uh, besides the losing, which obviously I, I don't like to lose, but. It's just knowing this is the last time that that group of men is going to be together. There's always changes. There, you know, no two teams are the same. Every team goes through different uh, stages of adversity and challenges, and uh, you know, experiences together in the off season and training camp and fun memories. And then those uh, only last for that year. And once we come back in April, it's uh, there'll be some new guys added to the mix. Some guys not with us anymore. Uh, there'll be a new direction set. Uh, some new catchphrases, probably some new magnets on the wall, um, and, and just some new, uh, just some new energy. And uh, that's always uh, when you're nostalgic. It's always difficult to just uh, come to grips with that. That that part, that chapter, uh, season eight for me is is complete. And um, it was fun, a lot of good memories, but uh, didn't end up the way the way that we wanted it to. And I think. The thing you, you start to realize as you get to be an older player in this league, and I'm, uh, I was fifth in line. I'm the fifth oldest member of the Packers uh, currently. Uh, to meet with Mike in our exit interviews is, you just don't get these same kind of opportunities. I was saying it at 4:45 in the morning when we got off the plane, uh, when we finally got back to Green Bay. It's so hard to just get back to this point where you've, you know, you've had an opportunity 
to move on in the playoffs. Uh, you just have to go through so much off-season training camp, stay healthy, regular season, win the games you're supposed to win, win the tough games, bounce back from adversity, and get in the playoffs and get to this point. There's just so much that has to happen. Uh, you just realize you really missed out on a great opportunity. So last year you said once you got home, you started to kind of move on past the Giants game. And I got the sense that maybe there were some fans that were, like, mad at you. Like, they felt like you should have been wallowing in the disappointment longer. What's the – can you kind of give us a glimpse into how your brain works and how you get past this? Because is it a little bit like you guys do for other games? It's, hey, you can control what you can control, and we blew it already. There's no sense reliving it, or what What goes well, on Well, obviously there? those people who are mad at me about – stuff like that haven't gotten to level five of the acceptance <laughs> part of the five stages of grieving but uh but no, you know i think once i'm away from uh this setting uh you start to uh to get into the off season a little bit and, and uh start to heal uh you know physically but also probably more importantly mentally uh, it, it's a grind uh, on our bodies and on our minds during the year with the uh, schedule that we have and the stress uh, the pressure um, the excitement, the ups and downs. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you have to go through. What? Um, so, what will you do? Uh, first of all, when will you like head for home? What's what's kind of the the logistical protocol from from here now? Because some guys are gone already, right? I think yeah, I think so. I you know I always want to make sure that uh, you know everything is uh, uh, you know finished up for me as far as my conversations with the coaches. Any any loose ends I need to tie up. Uh, um, around the house, just make sure everything is uh, is good to go for uh, for now. I mean, I'm going to be back and forth, uh, actually, probably more this year. Um, uh, a few obligations uh, over the next few months, but uh, but no, I'll eventually head back to California, and uh, uh, you know, I, I take some time off from throwing, but uh, you know, I'm going to get right back into my. Uh, yeah, my workouts and focusing on my posture and stretching uh, as I have the last couple of years and nutrition, trying to uh, get my body in real good shape come April. And because you know, again, I'm a full-time off-season guy, and I look forward to uh, reconvening with uh, with the guys in April. But uh, until then, I'll be working working hard. You can go see a doctor about that finger. Yeah, I just jammed my finger here against the table. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not the only one who got off to a bad start on the show. Um, what? So, going back to the game, what what things bother you the most? I mean, as you're going toward the acceptance stage, what uh, what parts of the game really eat at you? What what moments? What what missed opportunities? Three down the first drive was was frustrating, uh, and then the, the third quarter. I think you know we've been a team that scored good amount of points in the third quarter especially you know had success on our first drive out of the half and if there was ever a time uh to give our defense some confidence and and take the lead there was that first drive in the third quarter and we uh, you know gave it up pretty quickly Uh, thankfully our defense did a a better job there in the third and uh, we had a chance you know we tied the game up there we had a chance to uh you know take the lead there a couple times and just didn't do it. Yeah, we knew we were gonna have to score some points. They're a very good offense, and the quarterback's playing real hot. But uh, yeah, we definitely left some points out there on the field. What's uh, what's it like <clears throat> from an offensive player's perspective to uh, to see the defense struggling the way it was? I mean, obviously you guys 
you know, when they struggle, you try to pick them up, and when you guys struggle, they try to pick you up. What was that like to to watch them go through that and and struggle so badly? That's frustrating, you know, because uh, you can only control what you can control, but uh, we like to focus on ourselves on the offensive side of the ball and, and, and the missed opportunities that we had. We could have made things a little easier for our defense and not let them have so many running opportunities had we just made the most of our, our possessions. And in a game like that, I think we had nine possessions, uh, and we scored on a, on a good amount of them. We just uh, you know, didn't do, uh, didn't do a good enough job there. So the important question is, how do you feel about switching to the pistol next year and how are you going to do running the read option? <laughs> That's why i got to get back and get in shape real quick. <laughs> uh, I need to get my body ready. For uh, for some of that stuff, what it, honestly, what do you think of that? Because it certainly was off the charts effective for them. Um, I know some of his runs were pulling it down on a what would have been a pass. But what do you think of the whole idea of the the pistol and and athletic quarterbacks who can run? You know, you always get downgraded for your athleticism, but you can run a little bit. Is that something you'd like to do? Would you like to see that in the offense? No. Okay. No. Um, is it too dangerous for? I mean, are, are quarterbacks eventually going to? Uh, I think it's a, it's injury. A, or? I think the league is is cyclical and, and uh, things can come back around that that were being used, um, you know, twenty thirty years ago. But uh, this too, uh, you know, I think will will pass. Some of the some of the pistol read option stuff, I think, will eventually pass. Now that might not be for ten more years. The athletic quarterback, I don't think, is going to pass at all. I think you've seen a trend of more and more guys who can uh, make plays when the pocket breaks down and, and extend plays, uh, who are also good passers. I think that you know you're going to continue to see that. I mean, we've seen a lot of that the last uh, the last few years, especially. Uh, obviously, the year that. Uh, that Robert Griffin had this year, uh, him his mobility. Uh, Russell Wilson is, is an athletic guy, and, and Andrew Luck as well is an underrated athlete. So you're going to see more and more of the top picks being uh, being big time athletes as well, like uh, like Kaepernick is. Um, but I think that you know, as we saw you know five years ago with the uh, the Wildcat stuff, you know, it, it had its success, and less and less people are doing that. And now it's the uh, you know more of the zone read stuff. Uh, reading the end and keeping it or pulling it with a with a quarterback who has some athleticism. Um, at some point, uh, on some level, they're going to figure out how to consistently stop that, and then that will make its way up to the NFL. Or uh, enough of these guys who are going to be franchise guys if they're not already, um, you know, may may take some unnecessary shots yeah. or decide that they'd rather stay in the pocket and throw it than uh, than rush the ball 15 times a game and then. You're going to see it kind of gradually go go in the other direction, I think. I know he coaches the other side of the ball, but I also know you have a really good relationship with him. Um, there's a lot of talk outside the building about Dom Caper's job security. Would you be surprised slash disappointed if he wasn't back? Well, that's, the, again, the talk that's outside of the building that I don't think has a huge bearing on the decisions that Coach McCarthy's going to make. I would be surprised. Um, Dom and I have... have formed a friendship over the last few years and really enjoy uh, what he does for the defense um, obviously we ran into a scheme that gave us a lot of problems but um, yeah I think Dom's you know he got us to Super Bowl he won a Super Bowl with uh, the defense that he runs and they're always adjusting you know on, on that side of the ball and I mean offense and defense is always adjusting so now we'll have an off season to uh, 
to figure out what we need to do um, to get better on that side of the ball and offensively do the same. What um, Are you expecting anything different in terms of the staff on your side of the ball? Last year, obviously, there was a lot of changes with Joe getting the job in Miami, Tom moving up to offensive coordinator, Ben becoming your quarterback's coach. Um, are you expecting status quo there, or, or do you think are you are you unsure of what the future holds? Uh, I think a little unsure, only because we have so many talented guys uh, in the offensive staff. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody uh, was offered either a promotion or uh, another opportunity, whether it's college or pro. I think we need to kind of hold on here. This is still the period where some of those guys are going to get opportunities. Thomas had an interview with uh, Chicago. Um, there's, you know, there's, it's yet to be seen uh, what happens for some of those guys, and uh, so in that case, I think we, you know, kind of, we'll see how it goes. It sounds like Tom has been eliminated from the Bears hunt. Uh, they've got three finalists, including Daryl Bevel is apparently one of them. Um, is that is that mixed emotion for that? You want to keep Tom here, but you obviously are his friend and would like to see him get an opportunity too. Yeah, I actually heard from uh, from Tom that he was not one of the finalists, and uh, you know, I like sharing a ton of uh, the text that I send. But uh, to paraphrase, I just told him that uh, yeah, he's a fine coach and a better man, and I know the right opportunity is going to come along. However, selfishly, I'm I'm glad that I'm still going to be able to, to spend time with right. him and be coached by him. So. Um, you know he's a he's a great man and a great coach, and he's going to get a, an opportunity to be a head coach, I'm sure. But by the time that he's he's done coaching and wants to um, wants to move on, and I don't know if he want to be a lawyer again or whatnot, <laughs> probably just walk away. But uh, but he's going to get a good opportunity. I've secretly been pulling for Notre Dame, but obviously they got a great coach who took him to the national championship. Almost thought he was going to move on to the NFL, and that might have been a good fit, but. Uh, but we're glad we have Tom Clements. He's a great coach, and um, glad he's going to be back. But uh, a couple things about the game: um, how deflating was the muffed punt by Jeremy Ross? I know you're a fan of his. You supported the idea of him taking over on returns. That that had to be a, a pretty big disappointment. It was. That was an important time in the game, right there. We'd got to stop. I believe they punted twice uh, in the game. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them they got back. So um, it was. At the ten yard line, probably in retrospect, he would have liked to fair catch that. You know, um, it would have given us a chance to go up two scores. We could have put something right. together. We'd just come off a, a good touchdown drive, and uh, yeah, that was that was pretty tough. Gave him, you know, gave him a gift wrap, seven points there. The other, the next series, then they go in and score there, and then you guys get the ball back, and you and Jordy, I guess, not on the same page on the interception, and that because of the long return, ends up leading to another touchdown. Yeah, you know, they return it to about midfield, I think, right? Yeah. Um, would have been a nice nice punt if we had uh, been able to, to get him down there. Uh, would you have viewed it that way had it been ta- had he been tackled there? Or like... If we'd won, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? We had a play call where we had uh, an out, a corner, and a post to the same side. It's a concept we've used in the past. Uh, the line did a real good job of uh, of blocking the the guys coming, and I hung in the pocket uh, with a real clean pocket, and both the out and the corner were covered tightly, and they'd actually dropped um, two guys underneath the cross on the backside to James. Um, and so as Jordy had the one-on-one, uh, he told me 
after the play that he felt like I was going to get out of the pocket, and that's why he was starting to flatten it. Uh, and I just had, you know, without staring him down, had assumed he was going to be on a high-angle post. Um, so when I threw it, I felt good about the throw, and then obviously he was his momentum was going right. um, perpendicular to the to the ball. So um, Terrell made a nice play on that, and, and uh, yeah, that again led to seven points. So you know, two turnovers, they got fourteen out of it. Uh, you, know, you just can't do that in the playoffs. And yet you still go in halftime only down a, t- a field goal, and then you actually do pull even later in the game. Um, what was it like to head back out there down? 45-24 with three and a half minutes left. I mean, you know it's over. I, I just, I've always wondered what it's like to have to kind of play for pride and go not go through the motions, but actually try and get the job done. I think that that drive more than anything says a lot about the kind of people you have. Um, how are you going to respond in a situation where you're not going to win the game? Um, do you lay down? Do you fight for extra yards? Do you fight? Uh, do you stay in the game? You know, are you... Uh, Just sit in fights. Yeah. I mean, do you do you care about it enough to finish that game out the right way? And uh, I'm proud of the guys that finished that drive out. And, um, you, know, it, uh, you know, again, was uh, nothing that had an impact on the final score, except for the fact that we know that we did it the right way there on that last drive. There was some bizarre stuff that happened on that last drive. Um, and uh, What do you mean? Well, it, it's a lot to get into, but... Uh, there were there were some some things that happened. You'd have to go back and watch the TV copy to catch all of it. But uh, interesting interesting stuff that I'll uh, I'll put in my book later. Okay, I look forward to reading that. What um one thing that Greg said was that he said something after the game about you calling Ace. Does that sound right? Um, that he wouldn't have even been out there for the touchdown, which could very well be his last catch for the Packers. Um, can you exp- do you know what he might be talking about there? I didn't. I didn't there was a choice up. between one of two plays at that situation, and uh, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're just focused on the game, you don't realize uh, necessarily, unless it's a certain uh, uh, personnel grouping that tags a number. So, say it's a, a three receiver set that tags, you know, Greg or Randall at a certain position, or Jordy or, or James. Um, I looked over on sidelines and saw Greg over there. And the option was to go four receivers or three receivers and a tight end, and I and I wanted to gr- get Greg back on the field and and try and get uh, not not try and get him the ball, but try and get a, a big play quickly, and uh, decided to go with that. And we just stayed in that personnel group all the way down, which okay. allowed us to uh, to finish that off with a touchdown to Greg. Um, have you somewhat resigned yourself to Greg being gone? Are you an optimist or are you a realist? Can you be both? I think you can be both. I, yeah, I suppose. No, I think to have that uh, optimism, is that hope is, a, I think, an important uh, character trait you can have in life. But uh, you have to be realistic at the same time. Um, we'd love to have Greg back. Greg's been a great player for the Green Bay Packers for a long time. We've had a lot of connections and a, and a lot of big plays. I think about, uh, you know, 09, that, that post I hit him on for a touchdown uh, to win the game against the Bears. I, you know, I think about... Uh, you know, Super Bowl, two of the the best throws that that I've been a part of, and and two great catches, the touchdown, and then the big third down completion, and not to mention the corner route that uh, ended up being the deciding score was to Greg. So uh, we've had a lot of memories together, a lot of good times. He's had my back and supported me in some tough situations as well, and I'll be indebted to him for that. 
we'd love to you know love to continue playing together but uh that's one of those things that you learn as a player it's it's out of your control that's about greg what's best for his family and and uh if he's not here we'll I know that we'll still be uh, in touch and still be friends. You know, he's not the only one whose contract is up, but there's uh, some other guys who are under contract that might not be back. I mean, Charles at $10 million, I think there's a reason to wonder about him. Jermichael, obviously there was a story two months ago about the Packers seemingly ready to move on from him. Uh, Even your friend A.J. Hawk, who's got a pretty big cap number. Um, Does it? How do you go about saying... Like on Sunday, do you say goodbyes or what? Because uh, you don't know. You might have them back, and then you might not. Yeah, those are tough situations. Those guys are all under contract um, and all offer different things to our football team. Um, yeah, have have good relationships with all those guys. And I've played a lot of football with A.J. and Charles. They were both came here in 06, a year after I got here, and um, had a lot of good memories with those guys. Those guys are... Um, talented players. Jermichael has, has, you know, broke the tight end catches record this year and had a great second half of the season for us. Um, who else did you say? Charles, AJ. Yeah, Charles, AJ, and Jermichael. I, I would think those are the three that probably, I mean, drivers up. Yeah. But those guys are all pretty important cogs and done a lot of things around. They really have. Uh, those decisions are out of my control. And, um, yeah, that, that's, again, some of the. Uh, uh, nostalgia and those uh, un- uneasy feelings, just not knowing what next year next year is going to look like. And uh, we will be excited when we reconvene in April. But um, there's also going to be a side of you that has to has to mourn the loss of of friendships. Uh, you know, not sure what that's going to be yet. But uh, you know, that's always the difficult part because you spend a lot of time with these guys. You see them every day for um, you know six months during the season, and then. Uh, you know, a good part of the offseason as well. So that's that's the toughest part of this business. You had a lot of young guys on the team this year. Do you feel like, and I, I drew this parallel in my story from the game, I mean, Brett Favre was 29 years old. You were, I think, 15 when Terrell Owens caught the big touchdown for the 49ers. I'm sure you watched that game as a 49ers fan. You know, Reggie White retired after that. Mike Holmgren went to Seattle. There was kind of a feeling of an end of an era. You guys, I don't think there was that feeling necessarily, but is there a feeling that you guys are at a crossroads here? You talked about how hard it is to get to that point and to have two years in a row you get to the divisional round and don't get any further after winning the Super Bowl. Do you feel like you guys are at something of a crossroads here? I feel like we have uh, a lot of guys signed for the foreseeable future. Um, we have a lot of the pieces in place. I just think that we we can win with the guys we have, but I think we need to add a couple pieces Um add some depth uh, through the draft like we do every year um, but we need to just uh, figure some things out uh, within the locker room I think and then maybe just think hard about what what was so special about that 2010 team that won the Super Bowl and try and channel some of those uh, emotions and ideas and thoughts and feelings and incorporate some of that stuff at the beginning of uh, of this year meaning when we again reconvene in April uh, and kind of set the vision then. Uh, it was a disjointed year, the first year out of the, the lockout situation this year that we had. Um, and I know Mike said that the OTAs didn't go exactly the way he wanted them to this year. So we need to 
do a better job as leaders of uh, setting the vision, I think, early and then holding guys accountable to falling in line with what that vision is. What do you think was special about 2010, and what are you going to try and do then to, to try and replicate that vibe or that environment? I think there was two things in particular that uh, most people would agree with. One, there was a very strong appreciation for the opportunity. Um, and for whatever reason, the appreciation wasn't the same this year. Uh, the guys just really were thankful uh, to have a job in some cases, some of the guys we brought in, but uh, but also thankful to be able to get in the playoffs and to be to be somewhere where they felt special and felt important and that it was a very united group more than we've had in any of the eight years I've been a part of. And the second is we were hungry. Uh, we, you know, we hadn't done it before. Um, there were a lot of doubters out there. Um, and, and we just, you know, it's hard, I think, when you have success to be able to have the same amount of hunger that you had when you haven't had that success before. So we need to be able to uh, to figure out how to get back to that place. D-list question, very timely, timely indeed. Oh, uh, gosh. Will you watch the Lance Armstrong interview with Oprah? I don't know if I have the O network. Is that does that come with the Yeah, the Oprah Winfrey network. OWN. Uh you're a Time Warner guy. Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I can't say he as sensitive as I am. I haven't even watched it, but I don't even know what's on it. I'm sure they'll be showing that for days to come, so we'll, You'll we'll see, see how, how uh, What do you think of that whole thing? I don't even want to give my opinion. It's, really? It's, yeah, I would be Probably make a few headlines. Great. Yeah, I might. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I, uh, what do you? I mean, what do you think? What What do you think about the timing of everything? There's a couple of, a couple things for me. One, and obviously you're very involved in the Mac Fund. Um, it's hard for me, even though I know that there have been stories about Livestrong not having lived up to, what it needed to in terms of its charity status. I do think that there were some really good things that came out of it. And so it's hard for me to completely say, boy, what a cheater. I can't stand him. Um, I don't like people who are disingenuous or dishonest. And it would seem in a big way that he was that. And even if you justify it as the whole sport was dirty, you know, all his indignation about how, how dare people question him and then turn around and actually have, in fact, been dirty. I don't like people who are phony, and he comes off to me as phony. But this is not my show. This is your show, and no one cares my opinion. <laughs> I'm just going to let you uh, let you go out there on the limb. <laughs> I appreciate just... <laughs> that. You really set me up. I well just think there. that my the only thing I would say I think that timing is interesting. Timing. Yeah. Why is it interesting? I just, I'm not as smart I've, as you. The Come stuff on. that I've read, I just think the timing is interesting. Okay. Well, that, that went exactly the way I had hoped it would. Um, I don't will... understand everything how it works. There's something called statute of limitations. I don't, you know, I don't know how that works, but I just think the timing in relation to that is. I guess I haven't read enough about it. You've read more than I have. So inside the helmet, a couple of strategic things that I wanted to get to. First of all, do you guys feel like you maybe got away from the run a little bit too much in the second half? Or did you kind of like what you got from the Cobb, Jennings, Jones, Jordy, Jermichael, spread it out, go empty, have Randall in the backfield a little bit? 
Yeah, you know what, I think the way that DeWan ran in the first half, uh, you know, looking back, we probably would have liked to get him a few more touches there uh, in the second half because, you know, especially that first touchdown run that he had, he was running the ball hard. I mean, he he's shown us a lot the last uh, six, seven weeks. I'm really proud of him, the way he's come on. Again, a guy who did it the, the right way. You know, he came in off the street selling cars. Uh, Not very well. I don't know. Yeah, supposedly. And then he went to practice squad and was lighting it up. And then the guy had a chance to play in the game. And and you saw what happened. He's exciting. We haven't uh, had a guy who can make that many people miss here in a while. So uh, really happy for him. He came a long way, learned the offense well. He's a good locker room guy. He still is Mr. Casual. That's kind of the nickname I've given him because Mr. Casual. He's real casual. Not with the football, though. He took care of the football really yeah, he well. Did. But, uh, Real laid back personality. Very laid back, and uh, he's he's a good kid though. I like uh, I like the future uh, that that he has here, and um, I think he's got uh, got a chance to be pretty special. As an aside, how do you, how do you view kind of the running back position? Because uh, Cedric says he wants to come back. You like what you saw from Dewan. Uh, I'm not sure what really happened with Alex Green during the second half of the season. Uh, James Starks, when he's been healthy, has been productive, but he's had the injury problems. And then your buddy Ryan Grant was back. I don't know if he's an option going forward, but what do you kind of feel about the, the running running back group and maybe the importance of the running game as your offense moves forward? I think it's very important. I think we need to do a better job of, of running the ball uh, at the beginning of next season because, uh, again, you're going to have to expect to see a lot of two-shell until we can prove we can consistently run the football. and. Uh, you have to have multiple backs, though, as we've seen here over the years. I mean, we won the Super Bowl uh, with uh, James Starks, who had been on PUP the first uh, six weeks and then hadn't been on the active roster after that and uh, ended up winning it with him. And uh, we've had a lot of success with, uh, obviously, Ryan running the football, and Alex has had uh, his moments for us. Um, everybody was really excited about Sed when Sed got here last year because of the uh, ability to make people miss in the open field and his vision and also just his locker room presence. I mean, I've loved having him around. He's a he's a high-character guy who uh, really cares about football and, and has dedicated himself to being uh, a better teammate and a better, you know, a better friend, better player. And we'd love to see him back. Uh, next season, but uh, those are decisions that are out of my out of my control. It was great having Ryan Grant back. Ryan, again, like I've always said on the show, is one of the classiest guys that I've been around. One of the best teammates. Uh, one of the hardest runners, especially in the winter months. He's always run the ball really well when the weather gets cold. Uh, no one can ever question his toughness. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a tough, tough guy, and uh, just love his presence uh, back around the locker room. I think James and Alex need to get 100% healthy and then see kind of what they can uh, what they can do going through an off season together. They're both uh, intelligent guys, understand the offense well, and, and I think both have a lot of talent. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what we do from a personnel standpoint and then, uh, you know, who ends up being the guy come next January because, you know, we sat here last year, uh, didn't really know who DeWan Harris was. Right. The uh... You might have because you're a big used car Fire. I am. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I had no idea who he was even when you added him to the practice squad. Little did I know the story behind him. Um, you know, the other thing, a couple other things I wanted to get to here for Inside the Helmet. One, um, it worked pretty well on uh, the field goal drive, that spread, whatever. I, what was that formation that you guys are in where you got Randall sort of in the backfield? Cobra. Cobra. The Cobra Kai uh, in this dojo. Uh, but 
it had to be frustrating the way that drive ended. You, I think it was third and six. You had to call a timeout. Then Marshall gets the false start, and then Randall comes up short on, I think, third and 11, and you have to settle for the field goal. Kind of take us through that little section of the game there. Yeah, that was frustrating there. Uh, you know, we put ourselves in a position to to take the lead uh, and just didn't execute that well. Uh on the third down, the first one, I'll take uh, I'll take the blame for that. We were going on a long count. We were I was redeclaring a protection um, to the to the right side. Looked like they were bringing pressure over there. Um, haven't seen the the playback to, to verify that that uh, Marshall actually jumped. I felt like there was somebody that jumped inside first, but uh, you know then we got the penalty. We actually called a screen on third down and long, and Randall was kind of an option on the play, much like. Uh, Jermichael, uh, when he caught that touchdown against on the, the screen Detroit. pass. Detroit, yes. Um, yeah, he was crossing over the field, and the backer, who was to that side where he ended up catching the ball, flew hard to the screen. They were playing a, a, a man coverage there. And uh, was able to hit Randall and came up a little short. Um, not sure how far outside of a yard we were, but decided to go for the points there and, and tie the game up. And you know, still feel pretty good coming off the field, but knew that we missed out on opportunity to take the lead. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, and I asked you about this during the post game to a certain extent. The you get the 17 yard run. They're they're up 31, 24, and you run on third down. You get so you, you do your Kaepernick imitation, um, <laughs> and then you have the short pass to Cobb. Then you have the shovel pass to Cobb. You're left with a third and six at your own 41, and then you're incomplete to Jermichael. Was that a critical juncture there? I mean, the game's not anywhere near being out of hand. I mean, is that one of the situations where you guys as an offense look back and go, Ugh. I don't know about that noise you just made, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, that was a time there where they were getting the momentum back after I ran for the first down. It's always, it's always something we talk about, getting that first, first down on a drive uh, does more than just move the sticks. It uh, quiets the crowd. It starts to build momentum, and it gets you back into a run-pass mode um, on, on offense. So that was big for us to, to kind of get out from our own territory, start to change field position, and then you're thinking about tying the game up. You know, then we had three poor plays there and end up putting the ball away. So that was pretty disappointing. I think that, that juncture, obviously, the uh, um, you know not, not getting an opportunity to go up two scores. Anytime you have a drive to, with the potential to go up two scores, uh, those are very important drives. Uh, that was a big miss, and then, uh, you know, again, still down 14, uh, you know, missing out on that drive as well uh, was disappointing. And the last thing, um, it's 31, it's 38-24 to start the fourth quarter. You end up with a third and five at your own 49, and you just miss Greg deep. Um, a couple things about that. One, take us through the play, uh, please. Two, um Explain to folks why it's okay to take a shot there, because I I get the sense in my interaction with Packers fans that they get very frustrated when it's third and five or shorter, and you guys instead of going for the sticks to get a first down, you take a shot downfield. And the final piece of that is, when you're making that throw, are you thinking you're going to go for it on fourth down then, and you have two shots at getting the first down? Because I have to admit, the one call that Mike made that I didn't understand was punting then down 14 at midfield with that much time still left in the game. Well, I think I'm going to hopefully, uh, you know, 
break up a few of the myths that, that exist out there about third downs. Um, you know, you watch TV, and, and it's third and eight, and they throw a pass for six yards. Um, and you go, why didn't he get past the sticks? Right. Well, there's concepts in a plan that you might have a guy shore the sticks and a guy beyond the sticks. And you have to go through your progressions, or you don't have enough time to throw the ball away. When we played the game Saturday night, San Francisco played a lot of man coverages. Whether it was first down, second down, third down, there was a man principle in just about every single one of their coverages. So when you're calling a play that has uh, you know, man and zone principles in it, you have... You have to go through your progressions. James was running a route that was around the sticks, and he was guarded. He was, I believe he was the outside receiver to my left. Uh, Greg's in the slot running a deep corner route, uh, and he had the one-on-one on the play. Jermichael was on the backside running a, a, a crossing route. Um, again, man coverage would have been past the first down. Um, but then you, you factor in other things that come into play uh, on a particular play. And one of them is that there was a stunt on the left side, and, uh, and the left side collapsed and there was a pressure to the right side. So as I caught the ball and I moved to my left, um, you're looking at uh, basically one half of the field. And that happens on, on a lot of plays at various times. Uh, the outside receiver was not open. Uh, he was had a guy draped all over him. And Greg had a one-on-one matchup with no safety, uh, in, you know, no safety help, uh, with a corner without vision of the football. And I just wanted to put one up in his area knowing that uh, it was probably going to be a completion pass interference. Uh, or, you know, we're at midfield. Uh, there's a chance, you know, we're going to get another shot here if this, for some reason, goes incomplete and there's no penalty. So were you expecting to go for it on fourth down then? I mean, is that Well, let me just say, the reason the I threw the football or? was not because I was expecting uh, us to go for it on fourth down. I threw the football because I liked the matchup. We had one-on-one. Awfully close. Um, you know, with Greg, and, uh, and liked the matchup and liked the... Uh, you know the opportunity there. Uh, that being said, you know, yeah, you, you, you know, not assuming, but you thought it, you know, could have been two down territory there. But then you have a great punt by Tim, and you and you back him up, and and you're trying to win the field position there and get another chance there from around midfield. Uh, let's look ahead. We usually we look ahead to the next opponent. I guess we're looking ahead to the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm not going. You're not going. I'm not. I didn't. I don't know if this is hot off the wire, but I didn't pass my physical. So you flunked your postseason physical. What's wrong with you? Uh, I'm not. You know, I don't want to get into uh, to too much of the the details. But uh, is this the NHL? Can we go lower extremity, upper extremity? What are we? There's actually multiple lower extremities. Really? Yeah. And yeah, it, I got. I did get banged up in the game, and I and. Uh, I've been on the injury report at various times during the season. With uh, you know, my ankle was was, uh, was hurt me. I will say my ankle has definitely been a problem. Um, during the season, I've been on the injury report at least once with that. But uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm not I'm well, not going. Breaking news! Thanks a lot. I'm sorry to the fans, Green Bay fans that are going to be out in there. Honolulu. Yeah. Are you bummed that you're not going to go on that trip? I mean, I know you and Papa and your whole posse got <laughs> you guys got run on NFL.com last year when you went. He's, yeah, we have. Everybody we thought watched. he was Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I know we did enjoy that. Papa, not so much. He doesn't always like getting referred to as Zach. But Papa is growing the beard out. I can update on that. Uh, he'll be a little upset because he loves wearing uh, tank tops. Uh, and Hawaiian shirts, uh, like his dad. Um, but uh, but no, it is a good trip. The NFL does a good job of putting uh, putting the trip together. Um, and I won't say anything about the game. 
<laughs> but our staff is going. Your staff is our going. Our staff is going. You? Yep. Um, is that kind of the worst trip if you're a team, though, that, hey, we get to coach the Pro Bowl because we didn't get any farther in the playoffs? It is the worst trip until you get out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's how it goes. You know, being from the West Coast, you don't realize how difficult it is to get to Hawaii from, like, the Midwest. You know, a lot of guys last year uh, flew, like, down to Atlanta and then Atlanta over or flew, you know, Chicago, L.A., Hawaii. It's a long it's a long travel day. Uh, when you live in, um, you know, Southern California, it's like, oh, L.A. to Hawaii, you know, four and a half hours, not bad. But right. uh, it's a little bit of a, a jaunt from out here. But I know once they get over there, they'll be uh, excited. The hospitality is great out there, and the Hawaiian people are always um, – you know, real, real great. Will you watch the Pro Bowl? I, I might actually tune in. Just kind of curious now just the first after play. last year. Just, just see how it compares. <laughs> uh, what about the rest of the playoffs? Will you watch the NFC and AFC championship games? Do you have, I mean, do you have a rooting interest? Are you rooting against the 49ers now? Are you rooting for them? How does it work? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say who I'm rooting for, but. Uh... Are you rooting? Well, I have friends, you know. I I think it's it's kind of the the direction that my my loyalties have gone as far as sports go. Now it helps that you know Bronny and I are good buddies, uh, and I you know I really enjoy watching the Brewers and the organization's great. So I'm, I am a big Brewers fan, and obviously I root for the Bucks as well. I've gotten to know a couple of those guys, but that organization is uh, has always been real good to me, uh, and and I've enjoyed spending time watching those games. So I root for the Bucks and and uh, and the Brewers, and then. You know, I've known some guys on the Padres from from living in the area, so I enjoy following that team. And after that, it's kind of you know you root for your friends to do well uh, more than I think the teams. Uh, it's kind of like fantasy football, if you will, for uh, for some those owners out there. You you have sure. your guys on your team, and then you have kind of your team. So I have my teams, and then I have my uh, my friends that I pull for. Um, and then finally, you're an NBC guy, and since. I'm guessing after the 60 Minutes thing, CBS isn't calling you to have you on their Super Bowl coverage. Um, will you go to New Orleans? Will you go for the NFL honors? I mean, what kind of happens with that? We'll, we'll have more time to talk about that because we still have the show, but I guess I'm just looking for your off-season itinerary here. Yeah, maybe there'll be, be an update uh, next week, but as of right now, I have no plans to be out there. I don't have any scheduled appearances or or anything to be out there for. It's, it's an exciting environment, the Super Bowl environment. I, I used to love going when I was... Uh, not playing, meaning I was a backup. Uh, those events and parties and stuff are fun to be around and be a part of. Now the NFL Honors is, you know, was was a lot of fun last year to go down there and, and you know see some some of the guys in your sport, some college guys. I told you, you know, that's where I believe uh, was Robert Griffin down there, or was that the ESPYS? I get those two mixed up. I think you better met the ESPYS. But the NFL Honors is when I got to share the stage with Peyton, and that was correct. That was a good event, uh, and that was fun. Uh, and sure enough, here he is. You know, he might be. Uh, last year, I'm, you know, telling him that the NFL is excited about him coming back, and now he's going to be potentially the MVP Could this be. year. How yeah. about that? So maybe maybe they'll ask you to present the MVP award, and you can give it to either him or to your buddy Adrian Peterson. Maybe so. Um, all right, let's get into our Ask Aaron questions. Our I, I, we'll try and do this when you're on the phone, but I think this may be our last installment since you'll mm. be in parts unknown uh, from here. Uh, Chris, with a with a question that I should have gotten to last week, but I didn't. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Kings potentially leaving Sacramento? 
You're, I know you're a Bucks guy now, but you... I'm still a Kings guy yeah. as well, though. I was just uh, dominating uh, NBA 2K last night with the 2000-2001 uh, Kings of Lottie Divox. By the way, I had 44 points. Uh, Who else was on that team? Give me the roster. I started... Chris uh, Webber? He's, was he gone by For then? whatever reason, he's not on the game, but he was on the team, yeah. But I had uh, Bibby was at the one... Um, Doug Christie was at the two. Peja was at the three. Hito, I played Hito at the four to start the game. I've at the five. Pollard came in. Funderburk came in. Bobby Jackson came in. Uh, a young Gerald Wallace came in as well. Ooh. Uh, I like your team. I like solid you put team. together there. And we beat, we, I'm saying we, me and my squad, <laughs> beat the 97-98 uh, Bulls. Who was who was operating? There? Kevin was operating. <laughs> Kevin, he had an early lead. He was up about twelve or fifteen, and I came back and actually Vlad hit it and one with six seconds left to put us up one, and MJ missed a shot at the buzzer. Tough one, tough loss. Big uh, win, big win for the Kings. <laughs> so you never really okay, answered yeah. the question. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see them stay in uh, Sacramento. I initially saw a bottom line on uh, SportsCenter said that there was a group out of Seattle, but now right. I guess there's a. Somebody's throwing their hat in the mix who wants to keep him in Sacramento. I haven't really been following the story very closely. Uh, I'd like to see him in Sacramento still. Okay. Sacramento uh, is is, uh, is part of the real Northern California, so we'd like to see him in the real Northern California. Nice. Yep. Um, that was that was a uh, discrepancy that apparently some folks had trouble with. I'm not from week. San Francisco, thanks. Um, Kevin wonders, Kev. uh, not the not not your your personal assistant, Kevin, what uh, and this is a good question since you've just announced that you're not going to the Pro Bowl. What was the worst you were hurt this year, and how close were you to missing a game or plays? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and check the injury report Okay. on, on, on various games. Uh, I mean, did you feel you were ever close to not being able to answer the bell, uh, the ankle, um, when you, know what? you did I think, the throwback yeah, pass on the punt? The worst pain I was in was uh, when I got... When I took that elbow to the calf against the, the Texans, that was uh, that was very painful. The next week was actually uh, the toughest week of practice for me, just trying to get through uh, with that deep bruise. And it actually lasted about three weeks uh, for me of even on game day, just not feeling quite a hundred percent. But uh, maybe not three weeks, but uh, it, definitely the week after. And ouch! Yeah, it was uh, it was painful. Uh, J Max says, uh, "We know where you stand on double double animal style. What's your stance on animal fries?" There was a In and Out Burger right by our hotel in San Francisco. Did you make it over there? I didn't were... actually. I was hoping that you know we'd have the truck there after the game, maybe if we won. But um, but no, I didn't get a instead. You don't didn't get, get a fed chance. At all? I know where all the. I have no no qualms about saying this. I know where just about every single In and Out is from. <laughs> The uh, Garnett exit in Pacific Beach up to about San Juan Capistrano in Southern California. So anyone who knows that area from there to there, uh, I can tell you how to get to just about all the in and outs in that, in that area. All right, so let's talk about this because I don't know if we've ever discussed it on the show, but it's been out on the Internet. You made some effort, you and your marketing folks, to try and get an in and out burger for us here in Wisconsin? Yes, and you failed us. I, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a colossal fail at this point. No. There's still hope. Are you an optimist or a realist? <laughs> I I am someone who enjoys the uh, In and Out Burger experience. Let's just. So I'm, I'm a hopefulist. 
there's not a ton of hope. But I'm going to give some pub right now to a burger chain that I haven't been on board. I wasn't on board with immediately, but I will say that Five Guys Burgers and Fries it has started to win you over. Yes, they have. See, I'm more of a the Culver's good folks guy. over there. I'm a local guy. I, yeah. I'm a Culver's guy. I respect that. I'm a Burger Hut guy in Chico. I love Burger, Burger Hut. Hut. Burger Hut, awesome. <laughs> but Five Guys, solid. Yeah, very solid. But you've got to be able to eat healthy the rest of the time. Yes. 80-20. 80-20. Yes. I'm trying to. You're about 50-50 right now. we got to get that ratio going <laughs> a little more. 80-20. Come on. Uh, Donovan with a question via Sports Yapper, which you can uh, download that app for your iPhone or your iPad. Papa Shaft. Uh, <clears throat> he says, he's from Milwaukee Auto Works, and he says, uh, have you ever seen the movie Basketball? Yes. Is there some sort of like inspirational speech at the end of that? There's a reference in here <laughs> about ahead. an inspirational speech. Maybe you can you steal it? Can you use it for your own team about being hungry? <laughs> I've never seen it, so I, my apologies. It's the it's the guys that uh, that started South Park. Yeah. You know I mean? No, I know who it is. Yeah. So it's a little irreverent. Probably not applicable to your own team. No, nah, probably not. <laughs> okay. Interesting movie. Yeah, one of Papa's favorites. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Patrick says, uh, will you be doing any more work with the Brewers this offseason after the Super Bowl? They also could use a relief pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure yet. You know, we'll figure that out. But uh, Boy, those were fun. One thing I do want to get to is spring training again. I had a lot of fun going out there. Uh, we were going out there to, to film the commercials, but it would be fun to, to just go out there again and, uh, you know, if uh, – you know, Coach Renicky would let me, you know, maybe shag, shag some fly balls, you know, hit in the cage after hours maybe. So let me let me ask you this. How had you pursued baseball more vigorously? You know, we know Russell Wilson's story because he ended up with Wisconsin basically because he had initially pursued baseball for a while. Could you? Do you think, you know, professional athletes are all great athletes. Do you think you could have made something in your baseball career or do you think you were there was a, a limit to how far you could have gotten? Maybe at the plate there might have been a limit, but I think pitching I, I would have had a, had a chance. Really? Yeah. I mean, I threw. I took four years off and threw in the high 80s. Um, you know, I think a couple more years of, of doing that I could have. Yeah, I've got a pretty strong arm. I think I yeah. could have had a chance. If I'd stuck with it, it probably would have different been a different decision when I'd been a senior. If I'd played my freshman through my senior year, it probably would have been, uh, you know, with no football offers and. Uh, you know, potentially throwing around 90 miles an hour, you know, would have been a decision to make at that point. Um, you feel good, though, that you're doing what you were meant to do, obviously? I mean, the success that you've had and whatever else. Or baseball players, they do, you know, the risk. And we talk a lot about concussions and everything else in, in the game you've chosen. Um, you think it's still the right thing for you? Yeah, I do. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who was who had seen this uh, this online kind of roundtable discussion with some very prominent actors and the uh, the person leading the discussion was asking questions uh, to all the actors and and one question was if you could go back and do it over again uh, would you do it the same way or would you do something else and he said it was surprising that uh, most of them uh, would have liked to do something else actually uh, and you know uh, although they love to act you know that might not have been um, you know if they could do it over again maybe do something else I, I feel this is exactly what I've always wanted to do. Um, having success with the Packers and individually has, has given me, 
you know, more of a platform than I ever could have expected and an opportunity to have an impact um, on the community that uh, that I live in and the state that I, I live in. I think, if anything, as I look towards, you know, maybe the second half of my career, if I'm fortunate enough to get, to get another eight years in, um, you know, my thoughts are about what my legacy is going to be and uh, and how I'm going to be remembered. And as much as I want to be remembered as a great player and, and win more championships here, which I think we can do, uh, I'm going to be... Uh, as aware of uh, you know the kind of person I'm remembered as as we move forward and and hopefully I can uh, you know take after my Packer role model Bart Starr who's uh, remembered and and thought of as much for his character as the way that he played on the field. Um, I've gotten probably 15 variations on this question. Uh, you've got your iPhone in front of you. When will you return to tweeting? Mm. I don't know. I might retire from tweeting. Oh, boy, I can hear weeping and gnashing of teeth throughout the radio. But then I might make a comeback. (laughs) Not sure yet. I got to check. I got to check my... uh, I got to get the app first. Is there any any suggestions on what app to use? Uh, I have not gotten any from folks. I I was on Twitter. I believe Twitterific last time. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I got to get the app back on my phone. Not just then, regular uh, Twitter. You're looking for something a little different. Not yeah, the actual a, just Twitter well, app. No, just what app do you? Yeah, what app do you go on okay. there? Um, but yeah, I'll be back on there at some point. I don't really. care. Or I might retire. I don't know. Since you don't follow me, I don't care. Um, Brian says, "What's the one thing you're looking forward to doing this off season? And is there a teammate that you'll actually get to see the most?" I'm really looking forward to going to this breakfast spot in Solana Beach called Claire's. Okay. Um, is that bad? <laughs> no. I, yeah, that's, I'm that's sure Claire's I'm really appreciates forward it. To. I don't, yeah, they, last time I was in there, this is a, a good little tidbit for you. Last time I was in there, I'm sitting at this table, and I look across, and you'll never guess who's sitting right over there. Barry Bonds. Really? So I'm sitting here, and Barry's sitting about where you're sitting, about seven, eight feet away. Okay. And... Nobody would have known that there was uh, a seven-time MVP over there and just a little one-time MVP over here, but the, we were just having some clear cakes in there. No, I didn't. I didn't. I've, I've met him one time. I met him at the uh, Kentucky Derby a couple years back, but, uh, but I talked to him. By the way, I appreciated your advice on Dan Fouts. I got to talk to him. Yeah, how'd it go? Game. Was he? I would say I was a 7.5 on a scale of 1 to 10 on normal because yeah. I was a little bit nervous, but I thought I did okay, and he was great. and could not have been more gracious and i was actually starting to leave and he continued the conversation which felt really good that's good actually. you did well thank you what do you all-time beards is he uh, is he up he's got to be up there yeah. yeah i mean especially when he was active yeah you know now he's just 60 years old and he's got a beard but yeah it's nice you though. should grow one of those i think like the real thick full i long... can't it's just it's what happens too patchy okay uh, a couple more here before we run out of show mustache uh ryan says what will your off-season workout program look like? Will you do anything new? You, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Will you? Do you have yeah, to I'm always open to, to new new things, but I think the older you get, the more you learn uh, what makes your body feel best and, and what gets you in the best uh, best shape and best feeling. Um, you know, come come the off come when the off-season program starts in April. And, and two things that I've really focused on the last couple of years. One is uh, nutrition and just trying to be at least 80-20 on, on taking care of your body, eating the right stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into that. 
Uh, I can't do that by myself. I usually need some direction uh, because I do like to go to Claire's and Roberto's Burritos uh, as well. Uh, but do you pay for your meals at these places? Of course I do. I hope you don't anymore. <laughs> uh, and the, the second thing is, is uh, posture because uh, I, I've been able to work with a really good trainer um, who taught me a lot about how important your posture is uh, to your total body wellness and making sure that before you do any type of heavy lifting, lifting that your body is in uh, very good posture first, and that includes uh, shoulders back, knees over the toes, hips not externally or internally rotated as feet as well, and knees, a lot of that, uh, and arms as well. I mean, just your whole body being in good alignment before you do any heavy lifting, because if you do any heavy lifting out of good alignment, you're going to be stressing your body in ways that your body uh, is not used to it and, and doesn't operate well, and that's going to lead to injury down the line. So we focused on uh, really strongly on posture and nutrition, and I think that's given me, uh, you know, the type of edge that I've needed the last couple of years. So do you? It, you said you don't throw for a while. Do you do any football-related stuff at any point before OTAs and the whole? Yeah, the whole workouts uh, in are based around a football-type mentality. Right. Where it's quicker stuff. It's uh, Quick intervals uh, and rest. Quick interval rest. Uh, circuit training, where you're just getting your, uh, you know, your core temperature up, your heart rate up, uh, and and it's a shorter workout. It's not like a two-hour workout. It's an hour workout, but you're doing uh, a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Right, but you won't actually hold the football till you come back. No, I will. Yeah, oh, you will. will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, speaking of workouts, where did they shoot that Ford commercial where you're running up a hill? In Milwaukee, actually, south of Milwaukee. Really? It's a great view up there, yeah. I think it's uh, there's some sort of ski. Uh, there's one lift right? there, yeah. I don't know if it's still operating, but, uh, but yeah, it was south of Milwaukee, and it has a really nice view of the city, actually. Throwing, away, throwing the tire around. And, I mean, are those That was at a school. Actually... That was at, like, three different, there was at three different uh, sites, but the one run up the hill was in Milwaukee. Are, yeah. are those all things you actually do, or is that more... I did every single one of those, and I sweated for that workout. And the best part was that uh, uh, my body double... Uh, was also the body double for Thor. In all really? I thought that was the coolest part of the whole day. His name is Matt. I actually saw him outside of Chicago. He's a very talented. Uh, he's a very talented actor, and he's, he does work with the Second City. Which uh, so he's funny. Very funny. We had a good time because a lot of times you just stand around waiting for the the shot to get set up, and I enjoyed uh, talking with him. A uh, couple more. Uh, ben wonders. Uh, why do you wear a single chin strap versus a double chin strap? I chose that because I didn't. I guess I'm not very observant. I didn't realize that. Is that a thing? Comfort, yeah. Comfort yeah. and. Do you wear? Do you use a mouthpiece? I don't. Uh, isn't that supposed to help you prevent concussions? I don't know. I'm old school, tough. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a guy with a mouthpiece get a concussion? I'm sure I have. Yeah. You probably have. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how much it really helps. Yeah. Um, Michael. The second to last one here. He says, do you ever find it difficult to separate personal feelings from the business aspect of things? We always hear this is a business, right? Um, as far as the team not bringing back friends of yours that they can no longer use, how do you handle that aspect of it? I think that's the best question of the day so far. That's a, that is a very difficult thing to do because um, I was told once by a player in Green Bay, they said, um, don't get to know the guys, uh, especially in training camp, because a lot of them might be gone, you know. 
I've just never been able to subscri- subscribe to that uh, that idea. I just I enjoy the interaction with the guys. Uh, I enjoy getting to know guys from different backgrounds, different areas of the country, hearing their story. I think on some level makes them feel like they're part of the team and they're important. And you never know what guys are going to be here and what guys aren't. I mean, again, this season, would you have guessed that Don Barclay would be our right. starting right tackle and you know our running back would be selling cars? Like I said, um, I enjoy the opportunity to get to know uh, the young players. Um, and it is difficult, though, especially when you've been playing with guys for a long time. I'd say the most difficult one, uh, there's been a lot. Uh, in, in eight years, you lose a lot of good friends. But Ruvel was the toughest one because him and I got uh, got to be close, enjoyed um, you know, his wife and, and their daughters, and playing music with Ru and being camp roommates was a lot of fun. So that was probably one that hit pretty hard. Uh, but, you know, if, if some of the guys – uh, that you've talked about aren't with us next year, that'll be difficult as well because um, you spend a lot of time with guys getting to know their families, um, have a lot of memories together. It's, it's difficult when it all ends. But I think one thing you have to realize as a quarterback, uh, we have the ability to play probably longer than uh, every position except for snapper or you know specialist, really snapper, right. punter, kicker. So you, you realize you're probably going to, if you're able to stay healthy, outlast a lot of your friends in this league. So you just have to understand it's going to be part of the business. You don't have to like it. Uh, or agree with it, but uh, you know it is a business, and you can still be friends without those people. But it's just not not quite the same when you don't get to see him every single day. AJ told me last week that you are great with his daughter, uh, Lennon, and that they have another one coming soon, I think. Um, yes. But he also told me that you were afraid of her initially, which didn't surprise me. Uh, not afraid. I just have a personal policy about holding babies. What's what's the policy? I just I want. The first baby I hold to be my own. Even if, say, Luke got married and had a little one? Or... That might be a little different, but that's okay. not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, he also said you were afraid of his dog initially. Have you seen his dog? <laughs> no. I want one. It's awesome. It speaks like three different languages. Uh, and you're not afraid of it anymore? He said it gave you the stare down and you were uh, you were intimidated. Yeah, he was pretty scary at first. Began was, but not... Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, the final question goes to Jen, and uh, speaking of brothers, uh, she says, I'd still like to know where your ideal NFL placement would be for Jordan. Not asking for actual info, just for a fun pick. Um, I know you got a good relationship with Graham, but could you see Jordan as your backup? Or would you rather would see him fun. go somewhere else? It would be fun, but uh, you know, as I, as I think about places that, uh, that would be fun for him, I think... Being behind an established guy and getting to learn a position from somebody who plays at a high level I think would be great for him. So if you think about some of the older guys in the league who have been around for a while, you think about Tom Brady, think about Peyton, think about Drew, I think those would be you know, real good opportunities where you wouldn't have a ton of pressure to play right away. Um, you wouldn't expect to play right away, and you could learn the game from somebody who's done it at a high level for a long time. So any any you know solid solid veteran who's been around for a while, I think would be a real good spot for him. He, uh, he got a combine invitation yet? I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I think we're going to find out here pretty shortly. Just okay. Today, I believe, is the last day to declare for the draft. Yeah, it is. So, um, Well, that's it. Now, we're going to keep doing the show. You, we're going to be talking to you from parts unknown, undisclosed location, as you like to the call it. The undiscovered country. Indeed. But uh, thanks for another great year. Since this is the last time I'll see you in person, I think uh, people who listen to the show have certainly learned a lot, and I know what you do means a lot to them and i we certainly appreciate it as well so uh do i get the last word here if it's, it's your my show. show right yeah 
I just want to I want to thank the fans obviously for listening to the show. I know we get some more every uh, every year, uh, as evidenced by some of the questions from the locker room. People are at least uh, talking about it or listening. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the questions, Jason. You do a great job and uh, don't shy away from asking the tough questions. I hope I hope this show, you know, does what I what I hope it does and it allows people to see. Uh, a little bit more of uh, the stuff that you might not see if you just watch a press conference on Wednesday or watch me on the field on Sunday. And I do appreciate the support. We're sorry about the way the season ended, but we're going to have a resolve next year to to make it better. That's all I can say as far as that goes. And other than that, I'll kick it back to you, buddy. No, if if you want the last word, you've also got to take us out of the last show in person. So go ahead. This has been my show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>